Calling all nerds. This is More Than Dice, the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of everything nerdy. Whether you're a nerd culture connoisseur, a tabletop titan, a miniature gaming marveler, or just someone who proudly embraces their inner geek, this is the podcast for you. And now here's your hosts, Gonzo, John, and Nerd. Oh, and uh, sometimes Mizzy. Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice and Ardo Ata- Already a Tango with Terry. So da, 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 da. I still can't find a rose that I can Velcro to his mouth yet. But here's a Tango with Terry. Or eyes. Or eyes. No, he's he, he's he's psychic, and so he doesn't need eyes anymore. You know. He has blind fighting. He has blind fighting. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, <laughs> being a connoisseur of the blind master genre, they still have eyes. <laughs> I'll get some. I'll get some fake sunglasses and put it on them. Then. Googly eyes. Did we decide? Did we decide googly eyes? Two different yeah. sizes. Googly, of googly eyes. eyes specifically. One big one. One real small and tiny on the other side. <laughs> that way I can shake them around. Perfect. Type thing. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I think we're at episode two hundred eighty-nine. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about starting, stopping, and pausing all of your hobby stuff. Um, Tango with Terry would go well with a snazzy new intro. Uh, we hope you enjoy the new intro. Um, that was uh, commissioned recently uh, from an individual on Fiverr. And uh, if you'd like the link to him and or whatever, he's really reasonable, really well uh, done. And uh, we got to us in like three or four days. So it was really awesome. It was uh, quick. Oh, yeah. And very professional at it, too. We also have a new outro, so stick around after the show for that. Um, but let's get to the business. We want to thank Creature Caster for sponsoring the podcast. Make sure you check out uh, their website, The Judgment Game, and uh, their tribe on My Mini Factory, where you can get uh, models and uh, a fifth edition module to go with those models. Um, and just cool models. And if you haven't played Judgment, you should. It's a very fun game and very quick. Um, technically, you only need three to five models, depending on how you're playing. But... We know us nerds. We buy more than what we want and more than we need because we're fucking nerds. What? <laughs> I'm offended? No, I'm kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> As we all look around in our collection go, shit. This is the smallest portion of my collection. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Shit. So we want to thank also Muse on Minis uh, for hosting our podcast. Uh, they've got some new st- new products coming out. I'm sure you'll start seeing them at conventions and other places pretty soon. You can get some cool little uh, widgets or control stuff. I think we're probably going to step into terrain again. So we'll see. Cool. We want to thank Parabellum War Games for the makers of Conquest for all the cool things. And if you buy anything from them, make sure you use our discount code. And you can get, I think, 10% off your purchase. Uh, they will have, I know that they're doing a bunch of new re-sculpts and a bunch of new models and a bunch of new, uh, ways that you can get into the game. And I think they're having a new army pretty soon. Um, not sure which one I haven't paid it. I didn't see anything news yet, but it will be coming. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork, um, for sponsoring the channel. If you like good metallic paints or also, 
uh, shifting paints. Make sure you check them out. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be at Adepticon, and they'll probably have some of the new, hopefully they'll have some of the new stuff, the new bottles there, uh, which I'm really interested in. I'm really interested to grab some of the new bottles and I, test them out. As soon as they release, i got to buy one just to see how it works, because yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, for people that don't know, they've switched their bottles. They're using, like, vape juice bottles. Uh, for their paint, and so it's going to be interesting. It's been re-engineered, and of course everything. Yeah, but it's... I like the the I like the evolution of the dropper bottle even because like you've got the standard Vallejo one, and it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, but it has some issues occasionally, and then you know sort of have like the uh, I mean, heck, do I even have one? The uh, Cuttlefish Colors is a completely oh, different bottle. Right oh, oh, oh. Race, who's going to bring up first? I mean, actually. <laughs> I mean, I do also have one here. I just had to find out where I was, which is also interesting. I like it a little better than the Vallejo one. And actually, I really like the uh, Tooth and Coats one better than Vallejo too. Neither I of these other two. I have to unclog them, and that's what I like. Uh, so the Tooth and Coats have had to unclog. Oh, I meant the, the Cuttlefish. Yeah, the Cuttlefish never had to unclog. Yeah. And no. neither of them have the pressure continued drippage problem that the Vallejo ones do, mm-hmm. which is... It's slightly annoying sometimes. But yeah, I also continue. use uh, the Scale 75, and they got the little bit of a drippage issue, or, you know, we'll come yeah. out a little bit well, more. It's the, same, it's the same bottle, basically, yeah. as the uh, uh, Army Painter and fucking uh, uh, Vallejo. Yeah. Yeah, but... Reaper's similar. Yeah. So, uh, And I, I agree with you on the Cuttlefish one. I haven't had... There's not an issue with No problems with at all, one. no. But no. I'm definitely looking forward to... I'm going to see if I can grab some from uh, Turbo Dork, and maybe we can get some little bit of a... I can I can give a review of the new dropper bottles. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that because if it actually changes, you're I'm feeling you're gonna have people change over to those that style of dropper bottle. Yeah, yeah. gonna be easier and better. Yeah. Um, we also want to thank Midnight Heroes for mm-hmm. uh, sponsoring the channel. He is actually doing a sale right now on all of his product. I think everything is thirty percent off right now. So if you want to pick up some cool chibi oh, models, chibis. yeah, they're uh, they're off on his channel right now. I think they're being Working on a Kickstarter coming up, and it's going to be a pirate Kickstarter. Um, yeah, Chibi Pirate Kickstarter. Pirates. So so that'll be coming out. And I think I, I got pirates. everybody. Yeah. I think I got everything. Yep, I got everything. Yep. Uh, John, do we have any um, shout-outs this week? Uh, I know of two musical shout-outs. I'll go with yep. the lesser-known one first, which is Mojo Nixon, who most of you won't know. Um, the only two reasons you would know... Mojo Nixon is a line from the Dead Milkman uh, punk rock girl. <laughs> Which uh, one? Where he, where he says, if you don't know Mojo, if you don't have Mojo Nixon, then your store could do some fixing. Yep. Okay. Because I'm like, and, I know that song inside and out. So I'm just like, wait a minute. I don't remember. And then the real that. reason is, is um, because uh, you'd heard the song Elvis is Everywhere, which had a yep. lot of MTV airplay back in the 80s. It's his big hit. And Mojo Nixon is, they call him Psycho Billy as far as his uh, okay. his genre. He's very, hmm. Uh, what's a nice way of putting it? Very funny, risque, rude, that kind of thing. Raunchy? But, um, raunchy, yeah. Very amusing, though. Um, he's got a fair amount of, of songs. He's not, like, super big, but he's one of those you know, underground guys you've heard of, and it's just, just a fun, couple fun songs there. Um, Xander, I, I think uh, I think you may want to recheck the dates on that one. Yeah, Tina Turner passed away last year. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, uh, um, of course, Toby Keith passed. Yes. And uh, you may not like country. I understand if you don't like country. <clears throat> but Toby Keith was generally, by every account, a good dude. Um, hey, I don't think just, I ever heard anything negative about him. I mean, Stephen Colbert did a great um, segment about him, how... Like he's the re- he was the guest that he decided like I got to stop just attacking these people because I think they're going to be you know a certain way I got to let learn who they are and he and Toby Keith were friends and they're like on the surface as different as you could get yeah but Toby Keith did eleven USO tours the only person doing more USO tours is fucking Bob Hope what Damn. Bob Hope yeah that's a name I haven't heard in forever not a legend what? but you know is he you, dead. You got... <laughs> Yes, him and Abe, Abe Vigoda, both, unfortunately. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's he was a good dude, and honestly, his if you listen to his his oeuvre of music, the worst song he put out is a solid country radio song, the worst song, and most of his transcend that into being that sort of almost crossover country rock stuff. Um, he was sort of like the next Garth Brooks. Never quite hit the heights of Garth Brooks. He didn't have quite... I don't know. He didn't quite just hit that. Um, but I loved his self-effacing humor. He made fun of himself in his videos and everything all the time. And had a lot of bangers. Was there so, a bunch of mashes also? Uh, maybe. He's not uh, British, <laughs> so that wouldn't matter. But... All right. So, um get to the stupid important stuff um what's everybody drinking tonight john well i finished a couple drinks but uh, i am gonna have some dr mcgillicuddy's apple pie liqueur okay in a red solo cup okay <laughs> <laughs> nerd what are you drinking tonight uh dihydrogen monoxide oh mm, i heard that's poisonous if you sniff it yep Yes, yes, you cannot breathe it unless you're Aquaman. Yeah. yeah I heard if you breathe that in, it'll kill you. Be careful. <laughs> uh, I'm also doing the same thing Nerd is doing, but I've got to make sure that I don't breathe it in also. It'll kill me. Um, you know, if it gets yeah, in my lungs. Yeah, we don't want to drown ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll be doing the water. Uh, for some people that ask how I've been doing lately, uh, I've actually lost about six pounds. Uh, been eating pretty healthy. Um I I don't want to say I ruined my diet yesterday, but because I'm not dieting, I'm just eating healthier. And yesterday, uh, we're going to go on a quick food rant uh, after we give our cheers out. Or not a food rant, but a food discussion. Um, but uh, I've been eating a little bit healthier, you know, fruits and vegetables, blah, 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 blah type thing. So, um, And I've just been sticking to water, and yesterday I kind of blew all of that out of the water, but it was okay because we went out to eat. Um, yeah. So, guys... Uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Uh, I'll also make sure and keep an eye out on the channel. We're going to be doing some changes up. Uh, Nerd's going to be kind of changing some times. I'm going to be streaming most likely on a Wednesday night. Um, we're going to be doing some either gaming or working on miniatures, depending on how my mood is going. Um, yeah, I'll probably switch to Monday nights. Okay. Uh, and stuff and so and john says that he's got a game that he might start streaming uh after a little while so we'll have to wait and see so just uh pay attention if you are not following us on facebook that's kind of where we put everything out to begin with 
Uh, Nerd says she's going to start up a TikTok pretty soon, and she'll be doing a More Than Dice TikTok and doing dances oh, all dances. and all that. Yeah, all the dances, and, you know, and having a great time. <laughs> I'm going to be so up on all the trends, you won't know me. Yeah. <laughs> As usual, <laughs> please take I care of yourself. John Grid. <laughs> um. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. Uh, if you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. If you can do something, do it. And if you can't, find some at will because we need to take care of each other. Cheers. 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 Yes, Mizzy. Gobbo thirst traps. <laughs> so you're saying you, you're going to have Gobbo simps? Apparently. <laughs> So um, it's 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 been predestined. Predestined. So yesterday I went out to a new restaurant we have, and it's a French restaurant. Uh, and it's all this French cuisine and all this other stuff and everything. And I was like, hey, I always like to try, you know, whatever. And I like to, you know, it, it's a little expensive, and I don't mind blowing money on good food and good alcohol. Don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, started off the night with a, uh, a bourbon and I totally forgot to write it down, but it was a new bourbon I never had before. It was pretty good. Nice and smoky, whatever. Um, and I forgot that, um, I hadn't eaten since 12 o'clock or actually I hadn't eaten since like nine o'clock in the morning and it was like six o'clock at night. So I was like, Oh, I better take this, you know, bourbon a little slow. And I did. I, I, I sipped it through the entire dinner. Um, and, uh, the first thing we had was a cheese tray. And it was like five different types of cheese, a goat cheese, some, you know, it had a little bit of bread with it. Um, this one cheese, it was three different types of creams and such, um, which was really, 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 really good. And then uh, the other was um, a uh, cheese with like a vegetable rind. And I don't remember what it was from, uh, but it was, it was slathered in whipped honey. And wow. it was fucking amazing. Gonzo's lips are moving, and all I hear is pretentious, 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 pretentious. <laughs> I'm just hearing cheese, 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 cheese. <laughs> yeah, and this is an upscale restaurant, but it was funny as I walk in, of course, in you know Kermit the Frog tennis shoes and <clears throat> shorts, and you know a t-shirt, and some people are all dressed up to the nine, and I'm like, nope, there's not a dress code. I'm not wearing anything, but I normally wear. Um, and then, uh, for a main course, I had, uh, a lamb shanks, which was lamb, lamb shank kuliti or something like that. I don't know what it was, but pretty much what it was is a ham hock and white beans, carrots, jus, and lamb sausage. <clears throat> the lamb okay. sausage was, it was all right. It was a yeah, little too gamey. I've never had lamb sausage. Yeah, it was a little gamey. The ham hock was amazing. I pulled the bone right out, and the meat just fell apart. Uh, the carrots were okay. It, it was, should. you know, but it was cooked well and it tasted well. Um, and then there was the dessert, and the lady started running down the list, and I said stop. And she's like, "What?" You go like, "You said creme brulee. That's all you got to say. You don't have to go any further. You don't have to name anything else. Just creme brulee." Um, and so I had creme brulee for the first time last year. <laughs> I love it. If I can get it, I will get it. But, uh, it was a uh, creme brulee with a small ball of chocolate ice cream, but the chocolate was like a, 
uh, it wasn't ice cream. It was a uh, gelato, gelato type thing, and it was really, really good. Uh, nice. And I also had a cabernet with my main dinner, so I had a nice little good buzz by the time we were going home. <laughs> so Gonzo had all this fancy stuff, and uh, I fucking had Nutella for the first time. <laughs> what? And which is like good. Ninety percent sugar. <laughs> so I put it on saltine crackers. It was really good. No, I'm oh, sure yeah. it was. We always I, have a jar of Nutella in our house. I just never had it before, so I'm like, uh, my when my people gave it to me in like a gift bag for Christmas, and I had a little bottle looking for a snack. I'm like, oh, let me steal some saltines from Banyan because he has a ton of saltines. Don't read into, or you you can read into that if you want. <laughs> and then uh, take that nice knife, soup. and I'm like, just spread it on there. I'm like, this is really good. This is a good solid dessert. Yep, it's also a common uh, breakfast spread on bread in Germany and France. But, I mean, it was just a really, it was, I I, I don't mind paying, you know, good money for good food. If I would have got there and it would have been shitty food, I would have been very upset. But it was good food. It was well cooked. Um, I like to try new things. I mean, I've had lamb before, but I've never had it that way and such, so. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then... Captain Mizzy oh, said she had trash food while I had fancy food, but I don't mind. I, you know, we, we had a good discussion about this. Hey, there's about nothing food. wrong with Taco Bell. If, if you enjoy <laughs> the taste of it and it makes a turd, you're fucking doing it right. <laughs> the key part is making a turd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that means it's got nutrients and it actually does something for your body. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I, uh, we, my girlfriends and I had Galentine's last night. So that was our little celebration, and apparently all the guys were disappointed that they weren't invited, but we're like, you could have your own. You could have Um, your dude, Valentine. Come on. Yeah. No, I tried that breakfast old-fashioned, and it was just, mm, that was, it was a nice change up from what I normally would order, um, because I normally stick to, like, Dark and Stormies or a Moscow Mule or something like that. Uh, And then I had this amazing couscous salad with, like, beets and pomegranate seeds and chicken and oh so good <laughs> john's rolling his eyes i had a chicken sandwich from the dash in with some tater tots <laughs> i have been trying a bunch of, I, I today i tater tried tots a, are classic. a, a tater tots um, are better than french fries i'll fight you on that i agree they gotta be crispy if they're if they're I mean, not crispy yes. tater tots oh, yeah. If they're the soggy ones, I'm just like, no, fuck you. They're still better than soggy fries. Soggy fries. Oh, you guys suck want too. some tater tot hot dish? No. <laughs> That's God, really so good. <laughs> no. But uh, I did try some new pro- uh, protein chocolate cereal, and um, it was pretty good. It was an almond protein chocolate flake cereal. It was good. Didn't taste bad. Um, which I'm always, that's my key thing. If it's good for me and it tastes like shit, I'm not going to eat it. Um, I was supposed to have, I had a shipment was supposed to come in like this Wednesday or Thursday and it's still waiting. Um, thank you, Amazon delivery fuckers. Um, but there was also some like, uh, health stuff there and there. I was going to try. Also, I bought some new paint brushes and I was like, I want to test these out because they were pretty cheap. They look decent. And they had good reviews, and uh, they're still not in. So I was pretty pissed off. Um, let's go ahead and switch over to uh, the paint cam. Um, I'm gonna I'll bring over some models and we'll get everything going. That hurt. Ba-da-dunk. 
Um, I know because Captain Mizzy probably would want to see this, and you know we don't. We want to be nice sometimes. Look, you can fuck around with Captain Mizzy if you want. You will eventually <laughs> find out. So and respectfully, um, if I'm putting money down, I'm putting my money on Mizzy. Yeah, same. He's a pirate. Don't fuck with pirates. So, um, Pirates Press had a new model, and of course, it comes when so many pieces. This was all one piece. It's off brick. camera a bit. Yeah, there's kind of big. So there we go. Um, really nice detail. Really cool. Really fun. The one pig on the front pointing out. Uh, and then it came with the different models. The guns are a separate piece. Really hard to see them. They're not primed, but there's a little pig. And then they got the captain. And what I liked about this is when you put him on the when you put him in here in the proper spot, he's actually looking over the side. He's not looking like directly behind. He's actually you can he's actually peering around the ship. Uh, and then you got the top of the balloon. Uh, two flags, um, and then you got a guy on top doing the lookout. This was two pieces. Uh, the flags are attached, but the top here was a separate piece that you glued on. But okay. Um, Really that good looks print. like it would be really fun to paint. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to painting this. Uh, it didn't come with uh, magnets. You had to get your own magnets, which I have tons of them. But they had pre-drilled holes in the bottom and the top of the model. So when you store it, you can just, you know, pull it off and lay it down like this instead of, you know, have it. But they're, you know, strong magnets, so they don't, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. But. Just really make cool sure you put the magnets in facing the right direction, and you're oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I learned that the hard way making dice boxes. Oh, yeah. Say, test fit your magnets more than you do everything else. <laughs> but uh, really cool model. Really looking forward to it. Got a lot of cool rules to it. Um, I have one of my lists that I have for um, one of my brine bloods, and it has those two balloons uh three of these which are the small dirige and then of course the mercenary one which is here and there's two models like one model goes in here and then one model that's underneath here but so i've got like the air force of dirigibles type thing coming nice so i'll get those set up and everything whenever you know get to playing 75 points but other than that, um, really cool model. Really like it. Uh, for those that are going to be at um, Adepticon, we do have our new stickers coming. You just got to show us that you're a follower somewhere within our media sections of stuff. And you can get a free sticker from either Mizzy, myself, or Nerd. I mean, or if you show up at my local store and let me know in advance, you can get a sticker from John. <laughs> Ooh, I like that purple. Oh, yeah. The purple is always great. Making sure that we coming in. We're a little fuzzy. So. All right. So our discussion that I wanted to talk about is starting, stopping, and pausing stuff. And I figured we would take it with RPGs first. Uh, we've talked about starting RPGs quite a bit. You know, get with your players, that type of thing, uh, type stuff. But... 
myself when I'm running an RPG, I always have an endpoint in mind with my RPGs because I'm trying to tell a story, and I let my players know that before you know we even start anything, uh, before we you know get started and everything's going on. But for somebody that doesn't have an endpoint uh, in an RPG, when do you know to stop playing, John? You don't. <laughs> like if you if you're playing an open world game, you never know when to stop. What happens is eventually you'll miss a couple sessions, the group will drift apart, and you stop just because you did. Now you might start that back up again. That's entirely possible. Um, but I mean, do you want to talk about stopping now and me save the starting for later? You can do that too. I mean, which do you want? It's up to you. Your discussion. Okay. So that's my discussion. You must choose. So anyway, so if if you, yeah, Xander says sometimes the game might just stop naturally. You might get to a point yeah. and, you know, everyone just has stuff in life and it might be a good stopping point. It might not. But I will say, having tried to start up some games that have stopped, um, I'm about 50-50 on that. So don't necessarily expect it's going to. Don't try and force it. If it's not working out, just say okay that that game's over let's go to the next one you have to know i mean as a wise man once said you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them know when to walk away know when to run yep and it works for for so many things in life like if you're playing a game if you're if you're starting to plan a continuation of a game and it doesn't feel like it's working don't just start a new game yep that's what i did yeah your players will understand yeah i ran if out of re- materials if they really like their character, you might even be able to work their character in. Yeah. But don't necessarily just try and go, we're going to start this game up we were playing. Um, if you're stopping a game and you know you're stopping it because, you know, you've got like a two-month period where one of the players is going to be working at the local Renaissance Festival, that's not a specific, you know, thing or anything. No, that's a thing. Yeah. Being sarcastic again. Um Oh no, I've I, I've been in that situation. Yeah, I have. Where too. we had That's to pause because somebody was. Yeah. Take a lot of notes of where you stopped, but note yes. that even when it becomes time to start again, you may not start the same game. They've been out for two weeks. They've been, you know, doing, working potentially for two weeks at uh, another job, and they might just want time off. And maybe even after that, they're like, you know, I'm not really. I want to spend time on other things. It happens. I mean. The main thing is just don't try and make it work when it's not working. If it feels like it's not working, just stop. Start another game. See who you got to play. Maybe you just don't have anyone to play. It sucks, but maybe you just got to go, all right, we're not playing for a while. Enjoy life for a little bit. I mean, role-playing's fun, but if you're the GM especially, it's a bit of work too. And sometimes not having to worry about it, it's a little bit of a siesta. Yeah, like I took a six-week break off over the holidays, and I just like we're we're taking a pause. Take your notes, mark where we we were. We'll be back in six weeks. Yep, that's great. If you plan for it, it's easier because they'll know that's coming. Yeah, um, but I've also had where I had to take a mental health break for several weeks and couldn't run anything so that's important too people stay off mental health mental health is actually everybody's important is physical health yes your body heals better than your mind fucking take it from me but uh yeah you you, so you have to you have to 
put yourself in a position to be able to start again if you think you're going to want to. Or maybe even for a, an open world game, maybe it's just played out, those characters are played out, and it's time to go to something else. Yeah. It can be similar. It could be refreshed. Like, hey, let's, let's make new characters, new games, similar thing. Maybe it's time to take a, a change to a, a board game night for a couple of weeks while you think of what game you're going to play. Maybe there's a game out that just came out that you want to try. We're doing that with G.I. Joe. I'm like, hey, I've got this game. Let's try it. We're enjoying it. We've got another plan to change in, uh, you know, late this year when the Turtles reboot uh, new play in game comes out. Go to play the fuck out of that, hopefully. Um, but I would say as you as I get older and my friends get older and fucking life decides to be life. I almost think don't make fully open world games. And this is sort of a meta thing on it is because they're going to stop at some point. So you want to have sort of. You can make it quasi open world, but you want to have more arcs. Mm hmm. You know, you don't want to be fully serial. You want to be a combination of serial and episodic. You know, you can have things relate back to things that came before. You can have like, okay, this is going to take a couple adventures to get through. That's all perfect. But don't make it just them doing what they want to do all the time. It's it's super fun to a point, but eventually you're going to get to that point in your life. And you're not going to see it coming. Where you have to stop that game and everything's going to feel unresolved. Yep. So having smaller arcs and go like, okay, hey, we're done with this arc. Do we want to keep going with something else? That's a great thing. That communication between GM and player is, for something like that, is going to be great. Because now you're going to have their input like, oh, you know, I kind of want, you, you'll get their input. Like, I want to change characters. And if they all want to change characters at that point, you want to change the game. You can make it similar, like I said previously, but at that point, you know you're going to want to change the game. Uh, and Xenoboard says, you know, sometimes you have infighting, you need to take a space from it. Absolutely. Sometimes you just mm -hmm. kick the player out because they're an asshole. I've had to do that a couple times. Yep. Sometimes you kick the player out because they're just not fucking participating. Yep. Because or you can fucking... have it where they're not getting, they're not vibing with the group, which is yeah. a situation that I'm currently in, so we're trying to resolve mm -hmm. that. I, one of the best role players I worked with, uh, Dave Kahn, uh, moved here from uh, Michigan. We invite him into our group. He's playing for a bit. And after a bit, he realizes, like, hey, you know, uh, nothing against you, John. I think you're doing a good job, but I, I don't think I'm vibing with your group. And he says, I'm going to try and do something on the, and this is years ago, on the internet with my friends. Like, oh, that's cool. More power to him. That, that was the most adult response to that someone could have. It was great. Yeah. And you got to be like, that way. It... Some, sometimes you got to see your, you got to see your way to the door. Sometimes you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Mm -hmm. We did that in my, I mean, on myself and not Brushhead Dave. We're playing Castles and Crusades, my cousin John running it. And shortly into the game, we realized we don't fucking like Castles and Crusades. <laughs> I've never played it. All due respect to everyone who likes something based off original D&D. I don't think it's good, but if it's what you want, more power to you. It is not what I'm looking for from a role-playing game. Yeah, like sometimes you start playing a game and you find out, like in the case that I had once, where the combat system, like there was no way not to die. It was just poorly balanced and we ended up just scrapping it and picking a different system entirely. We, we did that during a couple games I did. A couple games on uh, recorded, you know, when we did uh, Three Gnomes and a Half Giant, we 
we started off in a system and then changed because it just wasn't working well. Yeah. And, you know, we just switched. I mean, sometimes you got to do that. And, and we say this a lot of things. System mastery from a game master point of view is super important. Because it's the difference between you being able to run a game relatively seamlessly and you having to stop and look up rules. And there's something to be said for that. If the game's just not vibing, don't try and force it. Like any of these games, don't try and force them. If they're not working, don't try and make them work. Talk yeah. to your players. Maybe decide you all want to make them work, but if you're the only one trying to make it work, if the other players are just fucking doing what they do, just don't. You can't. You gotta. Sometimes you just have to end it. Um, and God knows that putting on pause, I find it's actually the hardest to put a game on pause. Yes, I agree with that. I count every pause as an end with the potential for continuing. I think that's the best way to do it. Because nowadays in life, shit fucking happens at a frenzied pace. You never know when fucking suddenly COVID is going to happen and you're not role playing. Yep. Because you're being safe. You know, or your friend's life happens. You know, that stuff happens. So if you make the storylines and such more conducive to a, okay, we hit a good ending point. There's some unresolved things, but not like the whole world's going to end if you don't do something. If it's a good ending point, sometimes just like, let's just go do the next thing. I mean, maybe you come back. Like I said, if you take good enough notes, you could theoretically come back. But most games I find you don't necessarily need to. You can do it. It's difficult. If you find the actual formula for it, fucking let me know. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm 50-50 or less on continuing campaigns. At some point, you sort of lose it. Your mind gets new ideas you want to try. You know, and and you have to realize that. You know, especially something like D and D, something very buildy. Yes. You know what I mean? I want to try this cool build because I want to see how it works. You know, and it's not that the role playing isn't important to these people. The role playing is super important to these people. But if they quote unquote solve their version of the combat portion, they have more time to not worry about that and focus on the role playing in their mind. So I try other stuff. We'll see how it works. Yep. And sometimes just, you have to let that go. Yeah, you try to avoid like player burnout in that case. Like if if you have a player that's not enjoying their character, change it up. Mm -hmm. Like don't force your players to play characters they don't enjoy. Yeah, because then they'll just leave. Yeah, and that's worse for everyone. So, I mean, it's it's tough. It's. Uh, yeah, it's and starting's not easy either. The the full starting is not an easy thing. As someone who's run a bunch, started a bunch of campaigns, it just didn't. Sometimes it's not going to meet your vision, and you have to fucking accept that. Yeah, no matter how prideful you are, or how much your friends say, "Oh, John's a good GM" or whatever. Sometimes it's just not gonna work. Maybe yeah. you're in the wrong system. Maybe maybe just maybe just the stars haven't fucking aligned. You don't know. Like, I had a campaign that I got invited into that I ended up dropping out of because I had no personal reference for the entire genre that we were doing. That's a problem. Yeah. I was the only non-anime nerd in the group, and we were doing a Magical Girl campaign, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
Power Rangers. Power Rangers are magical girls. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Yeah, I mean. But, like, it was beyond just, like, we were magical girls. Well, there was the magical girl campaign, and then there was another one that we were doing that I also ended up dropping out of just because of schedules and timing and stuff. um, That was a solar punk uh, kind of feel. But then we were also, like, avatars of gods. It was a weird combination. Like, it was a really cool concept, but I just, I wasn't getting it. Yeah, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And sometimes, even if you don't get it, sometimes you get it in general, and you're going to have to defy the GM's expectations and other players. We played a Japanese samurai game, and they were all fucking shocked. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be like an Ashigaru, like a fucking, you know, peasant warrior. They're like, why would you do that? We could kill you at any time legally. And? Because that's what I want to play. You know? I, I get to have different role-playing opportunities than you guys. Yeah. Sometimes you just let that go. You know? All right, cool. How is Godzilla a magical girl, Xander? I don't think Godzilla's a magical girl. No. <laughs> but there's a lot. Heck, uh... Fucking, I mean, uh, I would love to see a Godzilla magical girl transformation. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there's superheroes who are, oh, the girls in the mouth are, okay, kind of, kind of, I can see kind of that, yeah. Okay. But, like, there's a lot of superheroes who are magical girls. Fucking Shazam's a magical girl. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Captain Marvel? Hand- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. It's great. I love that crossover. People like, oh, don't do magic. Back in the day, we did a Marvel superheroes campaign, and one of the guys wanted to play a Power Ranger, and all the, the super the superhero nerds were like, that's stupid. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's just like, fucking Shazam. And they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah. Now shut up. But, yeah, um, so if you're starting a game and it's just not working, sometimes you got to talk to the players. Like, I know I always yeah. say this. Communication is key in life why so many things fail because you don't know how to communicate it's a story for another time but in role playing you have to be like hey guys i don't feel like this working because they can be like no man this is great i am enjoying the crap out of everything you're doing and this is awesome because you don't necessarily know i mean the players don't necessarily state there's no report card how is the gm doing you know you know you can feel like you're doing terrible and they can be like this is the most fun time i've had in a while like oh cool like you can pull your players, ask how you're doing, get feedback, but like it's it's if it's hard they're comfortable though. with that. Yeah, if not all with players that. are comfortable coming forward with that kind of stuff because they see it as conflict. But yeah, I mean, I or enjoy... they're afraid of conflict. I've had that where they're just like, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to cause any problems, and I'm like. Well, it's making you uncomfortable. You yep. <laughs> Can't fix anything if I don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, it's... Role-playing in general is both easier and harder than everyone thinks. Yeah. Jimmy apparently is the toughest thing in the world, as everyone says. But, you know, that's a forever GM talk in here, because I, I, don't, I don't get to play. I have gone the extra mile to make sure that I am not the forever GM, which is why I'm in so many games. Because <laughs> I'm like, I need, 
I'm like, I need a break. I need to not think so much. Well, in, in order to make the most of our mini gaming time, mm-hmm. both of the games of my friends are my game and my buddy Jason's game are on the same weekend. Oof. So I don't get it. Why? Ah. I mean, it is what it is, but anyways. Yeah, starting time. It's a lot of communication. Like it's going to all be mm-hmm. communication. You knowing what, uh, and and sometimes even if your players aren't communicating with you, you're going to have to reach out and sort of force them to talk to you. Especially if you're like, say, putting together a group of people you've never played with before. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah like establish, never played establish, with. establish yeah. like have that discussion in session zero during character building and that kind of stuff. What is your like? what is your role play style? Like if, if you know what that is, if you're a new player, obviously you're not going to know, but like having that discussion about like, well, the could have that too. Yeah. And, and hold on. You hear that all you fuckers on Twitter? Session zero is a fucking thing. Who says session zero isn't a thing. Excuse me. I'm I'm going to fight. The classic, the classic D and D guys. There was a whole discussion like a year or two ago about how you made that up. Session zero is an actual thing. Back in the day, we didn't do session zero. Yeah, back in the day, we the didn't fucking role play. We you. kicked down the door. We killed the monsters. We took their loot. There was no role playing. Yeah. Hey, Ryan G. Wiz. Yes, yeah, session zero is absolutely <gasps> a thing. Ryan, hello. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that that's the thing, and it's an important thing. And that's where you do your starting planning. You can do talking before. And like for every campaign I made that I tried to make, we would have some talks before we do board game night. Because we'd say mm-hmm. like, hey, we're not going to play for a bit or do board games. We'd have some talks of, hey, what do you guys think? What I'd ask some questions of what they're looking for in a game in, in, in this kind of genre. And we try and work that. Zero, zero allows you to get your character. That lets you get everyone mm-hmm. together. Um, yes. I do a bunch of stuff in Zero generally to help everything go smooth, to get some characters together a little bit. Um, but on that note, I mean, since Xander brought it up, I actually feel like, like as a starting thing, if you get a couple sessions in and someone wants to change their character a little bit, who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah. We're not like, I didn't like know that fucking this was... Pathfinder Society or something. There's no, there's no fucking skin in this game. Yeah, it's like it's I thought this ability fun. was supposed to work this way, and it it doesn't. I don't feel like it, that's the way I wanted to play, and so can yeah. I change? I'm like, yeah, I fine. That, yeah, I did that in Rime of the Frost Maiden. I the subclass I picked just wasn't working, especially with the story, and I ended up going a completely different direction with my subclass, and it I was much happier for the rest of the campaign. That is one of the greatest things I liked about uh, 4th edition D&D was like, oh, hey, you, you got a feat you don't like? Here's a way in the rules for you to change out feats. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, shit, that's a great idea. That should have been a fucking every version of the game. And cause... They have something similar in Tasha's where, like, anytime you take a level up, you can change out your subclass. Perfect. Because they, they need to say that because too many people are slavishly devoted to the rules well it's the rules like they're really more of guidelines because <laughs> like if you get slavishly devoted to the rules you will not have as much fun 
You just fucking wing it sometimes. Yeah. Fucking wing it. Try it. Um, but back on topic with starting, you want to have the sessions here. You want to talk about all the things. You you, you even want to have a session, you know, minus one. Hi, Godzilla. Yeah. Where you talk about the meta of it. Yes. Um, you know, because you're like, hey, what topics are you going for this may seem stupid but some player groups don't want to have you know they just want to be like we want to be like the heroes and don't have like personal relationships i'm not interested in like an npc romance or anything you need to know that as a gm yeah because then you don't put those things in the game you know and some are like oh you know i'm open to it but i don't want it's like a big thing cool you put the opportunities in there you don't play and some are like i really want this that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Plan for it. And by them telling you, you can plan for it. Yeah. Uh, Xander says, uh, I have some unresolved issues with a railroader GM. I'm here to tell you, Xander, most most GMs are railroading because really, if you try and make a story without railroading people, um, you, you end up fucking psychotic because it's impossible to plan. That's like, you can do that. Some good GMs can. But mostly what we do is we just hide the tracks. You think you're off the tracks, but you're fucking on the tracks. Oh, yeah. Or you're being I, redirected without you knowing about it. Or I'll be like, hey, roll for travel encounter. And no matter what they roll, it's one option. <laughs> Sometimes, depending on what. Also, I'll be like, okay, plan. there's this kind of bad guys in the area. You roll for travel encounter. How much you fail by is how badass those particular bad guys are. Oh, yeah, I mean, if it's just you have to follow the rails, like. You need to disguise that shit. Yeah, like, yes, I... in order to go next... I mean, sometimes you can also just... I generally look at it as like a, a tree campaign where you go, here's your starting point. You go one of two ways. If you go the way where you're at, that's not, quote-unquote, the rails, well, then we fucking got to figure out what the hell's going on, and that's a good time to end a session so I can figure out where the fuck you're going next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I've why called, I only... I've called sessions early because, like, gotten, I'm like, this is as far as I've prepared or... Like, like, I expect you guys to actually do the right thing, not be assholes. Give me time to plan for assholes. Yep. It happens. And as the GM, you need to remember, and this is sort of off topic, honestly, at this point, that you were there to help them tell a story, and if they want to tell a story that's not the one you expected, you better be ready to fucking pivot. Oh, yeah. Uh, my Session Zero, I play a game called The Quiet Year where you are establishing the group in a community and they basically play out a series of events throughout a year, depending on what card prompts you pull. And so everybody not only gets to contribute to building the world, but everybody's now on the same page of the things that now exist in this community. I do similar more of uh, my, my sister's here is more of tell me your backstory uh, and, you know, you know, an NPC who's important to you. So they build the world by that, like uh, in the sort of Thunder the Barbarian-themed game. Mm. Uh, Banion was like, oh, hey, my my whole village was captured and enslaved by this big bad guy, and I went to the Witch of the Forest. I actually said the Witch of the Black Forest. I'm like, let's just call it the Witch of the Forest, because otherwise she's hammy. And, uh, like, I learned from her all this ice magic and everything so I could go fight them. Like, perfect, that you've now built part of the world naturally because it's part of your backstory and outfits in. 
you know, and, and that's great to build because now you've got I've got free stuff in the background. I've got a bad guy for the people to fight. I've got a quest for you to go on and I've got a whole NPC and backstory shit that I can use. That stuff's great. Even more so, there are a bunch of games out there that have random role, you know, character origin stuff. And you don't have to random roll it. You can let them choose it unless there's some giant advantage. And if they're just choosing for advantage, who fucking cares, really? But you might want to talk to them. But like uh, we, we did uh, Mekton uh, that has a whole life path thing, like all the old Artal Sorting games. And they were having the fucking greatest time rolling on that. And it made a bunch of backstory for them. So, I mean, you got to look at that. And that's that's an, that's important in starting the game. Like people... Some people use a pre-built world that if you're making your own world, sometimes you got to think about that stuff you need to build. You know? Yeah. Though I must say, playing in an established world is so much easier. Oh, yeah. But it ain't always possible. You know, it's sort of like the wonder of a Marvel comic. You open it up, you know the broad strokes of the world. Yeah, like... I look forward to someday, uh, like, I've been running Homebrew for so long, I look forward to running an established world campaign at some point, like, doing Zadia from Dragon Prince or something. I'm in. Okay. I know you and Mizzy are in. I didn't take much. Oh, no, no. I, Dragon Prince is one of my favorite worlds. I love the shit out of it. It was a huge influence on my Homebrew. Like, that's where I got the Moon and Sun Elves. I mean, that that's, that's I mean, that's the that's the secret, the the quote unquote secret to being a GM. We don't make all this shit up. We just fucking steal it. Uh huh. My last world was a complete mashup of uh, Adventure Time and Keepo in the Age of the Wonder Beast. Keepo is amazing. Yeah, it's great. Like uh, when I and more than that, it's like when you're making up the stuff. Talk to your non-players, your old players. Mm-hmm. Like, I was making up the sci-fi world that we didn't play much in, but I still have all the notes for it. And I went to one of my old players, like, hey, here's my conundrum. I want this and this. What do you think? And she's like, oh, I think you should do this, 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 and this. And like, these are great ideas. Thank you. Yeah. Talk Reach out to, to everyone you know. Yeah. Other DMs. Talk to people that like are just into the same kind of talk to your friends that are into the same fandoms that you are and be like, Hey, I want to try this idea or I want to base something on this particular fandom. And do you have any ideas of like, what are your favorite parts of that fandom that you would love to see in a game? Yeah. Or, or or in general, just go like, Hey, I'm building races for this kind of campaign. What are some cool ideas you have? Shinda these great ideas for a whole one of the, the alien races. And I might use that world again. That's why I take notes of all this stuff. Take notes of everything. Take notes of everything. Yes. Because you might steal from yourself in the future. You might be going like, I'm playing a sci-fi world. Oh, shit. I spent all that time building most of a sci-fi world. What parts can I steal? All of it. Names, whatever. Now, try not to steal stuff that they've experienced a bunch because then it becomes kind of obvious and... Sometimes they're like, oh, you're doing that again? But we play, like, all of our superhero games were in the same world. So that we're just sort of building on it every time we play. So, like, oh, hey, you encounter this person. Most of them know, oh, hey, I know who that person is. 
and their play their characters may not, but at least as they have an idea, and it helps them a little bit to to picture the world. Yeah. You know, if you you know if you play a D and D game, if you played another game, try and use the same world if you can, or at least have broad strokes. Yep. S- steal the ideas from established fictional characters. If you want to be like, oh hey, um, you meet a group of adventurers and you 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 describe them as basically fucking the companions from fucking uh, <laughs> Dragonlance, they have an idea who they are. Like, oh, I understand who these people are. Oh yeah, you- like I totally threw a bunch of Star Trek characters into my campaign and called them the Away Team. Perfect. <laughs> you know. The, and and the like my players immediately knew what kind of characters they were. Yep. Like we laugh at all these tropes and stuff, but they exist for a reason. You know, they exist so that you you sort of have a shorthand for stuff. You use yeah. all that stuff when you're starting your game. It's important. It'll make it easier. And communication. Oh, nope, Legion. thank you, Legionnaires. Sitting up. I am. Oh, nope, Gonzo. What do we need to do? Posture, Posture check. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, that was a good neck crack. Holy moly. Let me check the superb owl. It's still going. Yeah, tropes are great surprises for people. I agree, Xander. Um, I also uh, have taken into throwing various celebrities into my campaign just to <laughs> fuck with my players. Um, we also, uh, I, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to name this particular faction the Foo Fighters, and you guys can make up whatever jokes you want from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell, hydrate. Oh, hydrate. Thank you. I'm on the bottle number two of water. But yeah, all that stuff is easy. It'll help you start the game. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did, Mizzy. Yeah, all that stuff will help you start a game because it's basically shorthand for getting them to know what it is. And it's less important as you go on. You need less tropes as you go on in the game. But to start, you need to deliver a bunch of Basically, exposition and ideas quickly. And unlike a movie where they can show, not tell, you basically have to fucking tell. Yep. I had an entire story arc in my other group that was based on one scene from a movie. And we ended up with like a four or five session story arc with it. Awesome. Uh, All my... uh, uh... Uh, feng Shui game, um, Mediocre Trouble on uh, the Big Easy, was everything I could was based off of movies. Every single adventure I could was based off of a movie, an action movie. Yep. Steal from where you can. But, you know, it, it, you know, but also make sure your people know what you're playing. Yeah. Give them recommended reading, recommended watching. Try not to make it too much. Yeah. Like when we did the Thunder game, I'm like, hey, watch the intro to Thunder the Fucking Barbarian, the cartoon. Watch an episode if you want. But that's sort of the theme we're going for. Yeah. And it'll help a lot because now they have an idea what they're looking at. You've given them another shorthand of, oh, shit, we're looking at this. I want to do something crazy like this. Find a vampire game? Yeah, watch this movie. Don't say interview with a vampire because fuck that movie. No, we're talking about the TV series. Okay. Yes. The TV series is much better. Oh, yeah. Than the movie? That's not fucking hard. That's the movie I've checked my watch the most in. 
Nothing was bad. It was just fucking boring as shit. Anyways. Um, yeah, so, in short, use all the sneaky tricks you can to get a lot of information off quick to help you start a game. Communicate with your players through the start. Any pausing, because they'll need to take notes as well so they remember where they come back. And then... Also, when you're ending a game, make sure you communicate with your players because they need to know it's going to end because they might want to do something. When we ended uh, Three Gnomes and a Half Giant, players did stuff because they felt it was climactic and they wouldn't have to worry about, oh, we're going to have another session and my, my character going to die. They're like, no, it's climactic end. I'm going to do all the self-sacrifice shit I can. And lo and behold, half the party died in that last thing, but they defeated the bad guy. And it was epic, I felt, so... But make sure you create that stuff, you know, because you, you want to make sure if there's an end going on, you can make it epic by letting them know so that they can act appropriately. Yeah. You know, because we get this stuck in like, I don't want to lose this character. I enjoy this character. But if you know this campaign's ending, well, then you can you can really focus on doing what your character would do. Yeah. Be a hero. And some. Or Sorry, big cowards sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you have players that you've given them stuff throughout the campaign, but they're holding on to it until that final boss fight. So letting them know that that's coming gives them opportunities to like think about how they would use said items or abilities and things like that and getting to see them go full Infinity War. <laughs> yep. Well, you've got Chekhov's gun. It's time to use it. Yeah. We saw it in the first act. It's the third act. Fucking use that gun. Yep. So, oh yeah. I would say the most important thing in all three of these is communication with your players. To be fair, I think that's the most important thing all over, but I say that a lot. And taking notes. Fucking, especially for the, 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 if you're going to pause. Notes, 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 notes. That way yes. you know exactly where you are. Yep. I technically have a campaign on pause right now. It's been on pause for like three years, maybe four years. I don't know. Pre-COVID. How long yeah. is that? A while. But I know where we stopped. Five years ago. Thanks. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come back. No. I don't think we're going to see the return of the Adventures of Sewer Bear, unfortunately. But anyways. Sewer Bear? Oh, yeah. We, we All the episodes. It. All the episodes are online. Now you're not wrong, Ryan. That was four thousand years ago. Like a lifetime ago. Everything has changed since then, and we haven't all caught up with that. But that is a discussion for another time. Yep. Ready to go to media section because I really, really gotta pee. In fact, I'm gonna go pee because I really, really gotta pee. Yeah, I do too. We'll be right back on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll, I'll keep everybody on there. Oh, I'm holding down the fort as I'm finishing and trying to finish up uh, painting on my brine blood with some cool purples uh, and everything going on. I did not over drink, so I don't have to pee. I'm a responsible podcast person. I did what I was supposed to and peed before the podcast and didn't drink a lot during the podcast. And if anybody's talking or putting anything in the chat, I cannot see it because I'm not paying attention to it. I am painting my models. You know, like a good podcast member would. Not sucking ass and leaving me high and dry. 
But, you know, that's just me. I'm, I'm a responsible person. And I'm always looking out for our audience. Are they back yet? I'm not looking, so. I actually probably need to call it a stopping point anyway on this model. Because all I got to do is the eyes and the teeth and the dry brush the sand. So. <clears throat> Going back to a little bit of the conversation since John's back. One of the things I've had to do when, you know, e even with talking with my players, finding out that they're not right for the system because the system is just a little too complicated for them, um, which I've had to do, which is not a bad thing. I mean, I recognize it and saw it right away. Um, so, but I mean, we, you, 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 I think John really hit it on the head. You need to communicate and you need to make sure that you talk to your players and say, Hey, is everybody having fun? Doing. This is what we're doing. Anybody got a problem with it? Nope. All right, let's go. I'll switch it over to the media section. As Nerd comes back right at the media section. Um, so let's talk media. I have 742. John has 355. And Nerd and this has 1,000. Exactly hey. this many. <laughs> Type things. Um, let, let's talk about something that just happened. Let's give it um, the Deadpool trailer before we go any further. Uh, we forced Nerd to watch it before we got on here. So the Deadpool trailer just dropped. Um, and the Deadpool trailer without thing is supposed to unify all the Marvel universes together so we can have X-Men and the MCU, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, uh, if you, stuff from Loki. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's TVA in it. Uh, go watch the yep. trailer if you haven't seen it. It's not long. I mean, it's, it's still a teaser plenty trailer. There's of spoilers of everyone who's going to be in it. So yeah. It's, you know. it's not a big yeah. thing. Uh, but it is something that is going to be... It, it, it's the tie-in to tie-in everything. and they were, Which is good. Yeah. And, and they, weren't, they weren't shy that that's what they were going to do. They said that's what this show was going to be about. And Deadpool's yeah. the perfect character to tie in the two universes, in my opinion. The only thing I didn't notice is if it's rated R or not. Oh, I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go check that now. Disney's not always smart like that. Mm, no. If they don't, it's... I mean, it, it, so it, PG it can 13? be PG. Yeah. It can be PG, PG-13. That's fine. But I'm just, just curious because it affects what we expect to be yeah. done. It didn't say. It just gave the title and the date. Okay. But, no I'm just, just curious. Yep. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I just clicked to the, right to the end just to see. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and see it. It was good and fun. It's your typical Deadpool trailer, um, breaking fourth wall stuff, um, shooting and killing. Action looked really cool. Uh, yeah. I, of that... I'm stupid excited. Yeah. It looks like yeah. it's going to be another good, fun Deadpool movie. It's the next one yeah. that really, really says, I need to see that in the theater, which doesn't happen a lot anymore. Yeah. There's stuff I want to see, and I'm like, oh, I'll see that when it comes on streaming or something. So, no, yeah. I'll watch that in the theater. It should be worth it. Uh, another trailer that dropped uh, for some people that, I don't know, if they didn't watch it, but I did because uh, I'm I a huge it. fan. Uh, I love Wicked, and Wicked is coming as a, a two-part. Um, and I love the musicals, one of my favorite musicals of all time. Um, I'm hopeful it's going to be good but uh, cats 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a fair I reaction. I will counter with Into the Woods, but I know that Cats exists, and, and I can't and, deny and that Miz. because I've seen it. Les Mis was good. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. It, it, converting a Hairspray musical to a TV a show. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I just, you got to get, you know, you got to get to it. Hopefully it's good. Uh, I want it to be good. I love the music. I think it's an amazing uh, musical. I'm hopefully it's going to be really awesome. Um, so uh, I haven't seen if there's been any other things drop. Um, I'm actually at a, I'm on a page that has like, here's all the commercial switch stuff and nothing else has really come out yet. Um, yeah. I'll be honest. I've stopped caring about the, as soon as YouTube became a thing, the Super Bowl commercials became less important because yeah. I can just see them all on the fucking internet. Like there was a couple of years ago, like YouTube in its infancy, like literally like, Hey, here's all of the Super Bowl commercials in one click and playlist and go. And I'm like, cool. I'll watch this. Thank you. Yep. And it'll um, be up within, out, within a short time of the Super yeah. Bowl being over. I mean, to be fair, I've been podcasting on Sunday nights for a very, very long time. So I haven't seen the Super Bowl in, a very very long time. Yeah. Um, also, a trailer dropped Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah. Continuation. It looked good. I like the last one. It's still like it's going to be, you know, a good fun, you know, action I know, movie. Uh, Tom Cruise and all dropped. I don't know if it's a full trailer, but at least a teaser for the next uh, Mission Impossible movie. Gotcha. Which they're no longer calling uh, Dead Reckoning Part 2. They're giving it its own name, which is fine. I don't really yeah. care one way or the other. No. Apparently people have a problem with Part 1, Part 2. I fuck off. Okay. Encore. Um, so let's go and get to the normal media section stuff. Um, so I was working on some stuff, you know, working on campaign stuff. And I was like, oh, I need to put something on and, you know, watch it while I'm doing it. So as you know me, ADHD. And so I was like, oh, what does Netflix have on? Oh, Ready Player One's on here. Okay. I'll put on Ready Player One. I know Ready Player One. I know what it is. And then I got a little too sidetracked and started watching it a bit. I still, I gives the same rating. Um, I wish they would have done the book. Was it cool to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Spartans from Halo fight each other? Fight with each other on Big Battlefield? Yes. Was it cool? Yes. I wish they would have done the book. So they no changes. I, I will reply. They they couldn't have done the book. It would not have fucking worked. Yeah. Like, I still I think. I it all the time. Especially because especially Spielberg doesn't self-reference. And it, yeah. And honestly, Gonzo, this is 100% a you problem. You are not judging it based on what it is. You're judging it based on what you want it to be, which is the ultimate failing of watching a movie. I think it, I think they should have done it. As I think book. you're giving it a bad rating because you're like, should have done the book. Well, they should have done the fucking Lord of the Rings the book. Should they have? No, they fucking shouldn't have. No. But I will honestly say, in many cases, it's good for them to exist as separate media. Yes. In fact, let's get into it. Go and give your rating again. I want to get into it's this. It's the same thing. Up. It's the same thing. It's it's still a, a three and a half. I don't, I wish they would have done a book. I wish they would have done the events from the book. I wish they would have kept to the book. It would have been a better movie, in my opinion. And everything it would not have been. Do you know why? Because everyone who read the book wouldn't have fucking watched it. Let's talk about Halo. I haven't watched Halo yet, but everyone in the internet's fucking like, I can't believe they're not doing the story exactly in the fucking, con in the okay. fucking game. I also watched Halo, too, so we can get back to that whenever we, we yeah, come back to Yeah, I haven't watched any of the episodes oh, okay. yet. I'm going to wait for it to be all on at once so I can watch one a day, which oh, is okay. more of my speed. But 
everyone's up in arms about it. I'm like, look, they already fucking did that story. That story's fucking done. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll comment on Halo it. when we come into it. Because I will review the first two episodes, I think is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking about it conceptually. You shouldn't do that. In fact, not doing that is going to save the, the, the entertainment industry. Because I think back to a series that didn't just fucking remake what came before it and was all the better for it. Fucking Battlestar Galactica. Yes. If they had been slavishly devoted to the original lore and everything in the remake, it would have not been good. But instead, they they took the broad strokes and changed it and made a like it's like a mythology. It's a different telling of a mythology, and it became so much better for it. Look at all the Batman movies. They just he's mythology now. They're all telling a different version of Batman, and that's fine. And that's actually good for the dynamic system because otherwise it's gonna be like, oh hey, we're gonna remake this movie. When they remade fucking uh God damn it, Anthony Perkins, Stabby Stab, Bates Mattel. Psycho. Psycho, when they made Psycho shot for fucking shot, I'm like, this is the fucking death of the entertainment industry. Yeah. There's no need to do that. The person who did it before you fucking did it better. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I mean What what's your so, uh, what's your review that you're gonna go first? Oh, my review? You want me yeah. to stop or anything? Okay. Yeah, I I, you're, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're snowballing. Yeah, you were. <laughs> uh, that's fair. It happens. That's why it's a rant, right? Yep. Anyways. Uh, I you were promised review... no rant. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Do you believe that? No, that's the reason why it was a joke to begin with. <laughs> uh, I watched Bullet Train again. I found myself oh. watching some clips here and there. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to watch the whole movie again. And... The more I watch the movie, the more I love it. Like, it's got a couple slow parts, but generally speaking, that movie is uh, interesting from beginning to end. Yeah. And like a, it's like a Quentin Tarantino or a whodunit movie where you watch it the second time, you're like, now you're looking for all the connective pieces you missed the first time. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of them. And man, I, I just know that movie. Whenever you have a movie and Brad Pitt is doing a great job, because he's the only person who could make that character likable. Most of the yes. actors of that character would have been insufferable. But he yeah. made him likable. And he's not even the best performer. I feel like everyone in that movie does a great performance. Like, I even liked Aaron Taylor Johnson in it. And he's kind of, he's very hit or miss for me. Oh, no, I, I like him in most things. But he was great in it. Like Tangerine and Lemon, you they could have been the main character of the whole movie. And it would have been a great movie still. But... Oh, I would love to see a spinoff with just them. I mean, prequel have to be, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. I love it. I want more movies like that. It's not afraid to be silly and go completely off the rails, so to speak, at the end. And just enjoyable. Yeah. And it's done by uh, one of the guys that did John Wick and his whole crew. And it's great. Um, so, I mean, I'm still gonna, I don't want to give it the first time, I'm gonna give it zero. It's got rewatchability, you can watch clips from it, it's great. Fucking, uh, Hiroki Sonata, I think his name is, is fucking, mm -hmm. the Japanese, it's great. Like, mm -hmm. as the old man, just like, he fucking nails it. Uh, you got the guy from Warrior in it, who's doing, you know, a solid job. Everyone in it does a great job, and it is just enjoyable to watch. So I'm gonna give it, it zero. Beats. Yeah. It's just bitch too much, but... It's kind of a theme. Yeah. And the way it all like connects together, you're like, oh shit. Like every connective piece is just really cool. 
Yeah. So zero. Uh, Nerd, what do you got? Uh, I've got a rewatch uh, that I watched. It was my roommate's first time watching it, and it still hits me in the feels every time I watch it, uh, which is Nimona on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Is it That's animated good. series? I read the graphic novel. I had picked that up years ago, so I was stupid excited for the movie. And it's not quite the book, but it's, again, I like the fact that it is its own thing. And I really, really love the character development in the movie. The animation style is gorgeous to look at. The soundtrack is fun. And again, it hits you right in the feels when when you're not expecting it in in, in a good way. Um, I give it zero. It was good. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Awesome. Rounds up. Um, so, still going on the train of watching stuff over again because uh, I was busy. Uh, Pacific Rim was on. <laughs> so. <Wah. laughs> um, hold on. Zero space herpes. No comments. <laughs> um, I'm watching it, and while the kaiju fights are great and stuff, the lines in the movie just aren't, aren't great. Some of the stuff you're just delivering, you're like, this is, they're just phoning they, this They in. are the right line. No, no, I don't think they're phoning it in. They're the right lines of the movie. Everyone in that movie understands what movie they're making. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, it, it, it's a it's cheesy, you know, Lo- Commander, it's overpowered, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, this is super cheese, but uh, it's, it, but, it's yeah. designed for it. That's crazy. what it's designed for. It's designed for the super cheese. Like early on, when 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 the brothers are together and like code name Knifehead, you're like, they get the <laughs> he gets the movie he's in. He knows the movie he's in, and he's fucking selling it. Yeah. And then so. you get Charlie Day being Charlie Day. Yeah. And but, Ron Perlman being Ron Perlman. <laughs> and then through together for a bit. Great. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Lily, I, I will unabashedly say zero space herpes. No comments. It's great. <laughs> I give it like half. That's fair, too. I, I just, man. Rewatch. I imagine that movie being better. Uh, rewatch. The dialogue was just getting to me, um, but I was like, what the... I, and I didn't even really pay attention to it the first time. I was just like, kaiju, you know, that type of mentality. But since I was sitting there and I was like, did they just... Yeah, that was pretty cheesy line type thing, but... Yeah, but that's that's the movie. It's perfect. Yeah. So, it was all right. I give it a two still, because it just kind of just doesn't get me in the cheesiness just... Does it flow wow. with me? Two movies where Gonzo gives a combined like five and a half, and I give him like a combined one. <laughs> so, all right, John, what's your next one? Uh, I'm not gonna, I, mean, I am rewatch. I'm trying to finish getting through Strange New World season two. Oh, okay, I will say, I, I noted everyone on the thing that after two real banger first two episodes, the third episode, not as good. But some good parts. Um, uh, I do like the guy that I have playing Kirk. Yep. He's very enjoyable. Uh, I did like the overall... It got better towards the end. They skipped... 
every time I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is when it's going to get uncomfortable comedy. It never got a comfortable comedy. They That's they good. rode that line well. It was enjoyable. Uh, it's the time travel one for those of you out there. Um, I did love the fact that, like, oh, we need to make money. And Kirk's like, I think I can do that. And he goes and beats everyone at chess for money. And I'm like, that's a, that's a fucking Kirk thing to do. That is that that feels on point for him. So I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy Stranger Worlds. I'm gonna try and get through that. Um Nerd. Uh I watched a documentary series on H or Max. I have, I still call it HBO. Yeah. Um called uh I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's based on a book written by Patton Oswalt's wife that she had started before she passed away uh, studying uh, the... Serial killers? Yeah, Golden State Killer. <laughs> that came up in conversation somewhere else that she was, like, big in that. And I was like, the what now? Yeah. No, that's what, that's what she wrote. That was... And she passed away before finishing her book. So it's about finishing her book and the evidence collected and and research done for that book ended up catching him. Like hmm. years, years after the events of uh, the events of the Golden State Killer, they ended up catching him and convicting him. And it's intense but it's very very good uh i give it zero i i don't normally watch a lot of serial killer stuff Uh, like that's kind of a newer genre for me that my roommate's getting me into and it's yeah it was really good awesome all right gonzo um i watched the new first episode of halo it came out um As a nerdy guy, I played the Halo games. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the story um, when I was playing. It's been many, many years since I played the Halo games. Um, I don't have a problem with John Spartan taking off his helmet. Don't give a shit. I don't care at all. I actually have some comments on that, too. It's, It's simple ones. Everyone goes like, oh, you can emote in your helmet. And then they show some particular things. I'm like, you can emote in your helmet, but you can only give the broad strokes. And you have to, as they say in theater, play for the cheap seats. Yeah. You know, that stuff that everyone lambasts William Shatner for? You have to act like that to act in a helmet. Yeah. And I have no problem with him taking off a helmet if it means he can emote better. Yeah. I, I, so the first two episodes came out. And they were good. They were mm-hmm. be- so far. They are better than last season, in my opinion. And I was a fan of last season. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, give it like the you know, the best marks ever, but it was good sci-fi. Um, I enjoyed it uh, a lot better. The first two episodes right now have been better than the last season, in my opinion. I'm enjoying it so far. Looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if they're following the story or anything because you know when John was talking about that earlier in the in the podcast, I don't Not know. Really. And I don't care type thing. It's perfect. Because I, I don't know the story. So it doesn't phase me. Um, but everything else has been fine. I'm enjoying it. Characters have been fine. I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. What's going to happen. Because, you know, they're they're delving more into the other characters too. The other Spartans. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Because I don't know them. Besides, you know, they're Spartans. <laughs> type thing. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to it. So far, it's been pretty good. I'll I'll give a final rating when you know it's done, but I'm good for it now. Yeah, I'll watch it by the. I'll I'll watch it shortly after it's done, so I can just watch one episode a day. That's how I like to watch those things. I can't quite super, you know, binge a thing, but I and I also don't like have trying to schedule a day a week to watch something because life, yeah. life is life. Um, one other thing I can throw in is I've been uh, rereading some old graphic novels just before I go to bed, just to get back in the habit of reading before I go to bed. And uh, I'm rereading Nightwing. And this is a pretty old series, probably from the early 2000s, um, maybe even before that. And enjoying the crap out of it. You know, it's good to, to revisit old stuff. Um, but I'd also suggest this is going to go in. I'm not going to rant about it, but uh, try and get that stuff you can on a physical media. Because I'll be honest, you can't always guarantee that that stuff's going to be there for you if you buy it online. So I, I, I have um, collection one that I have like it skips to like five in my collection because it's what I could find at the bookstore back in the day. So I've gone online and started looking for them and find them for reasonable prices. So I'm buying them all. So I have them. So no matter what happens, because I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast last week, but I'll mention it again if we did, that uh, Crunchyroll has a tiff with uh, Funimation. So they don't have Funimation anymore. So if you purchased Funimation on Crunchyroll, you can't access it. And until they close that loophole in laws, which I don't necessarily know they ever will, you should look at physical media still. It's still a good way to own stuff. Now, sometimes you don't care. Big companies and like Amazon, it's not going to happen. But you might get a tip or something you buy, it's not available. Yeah. So be aware of that. Buy physical. And reread those old things you have. You know, we get to the point now where a lot of streaming services are becoming horribly expensive. Oh, God. And you might need to cancel them. Don't hesitate to cancel them. We have... Between YouTube and the videos you own, the movies you own, the stuff you've downloaded to your computer, your books, your comic books, you have the media. You can enjoy yourself without all of that. So look at that as well. Anyways, uh, I mean, I gave that first graphic novel of uh, Nightwing, which is uh, when he goes to Blundhaven to start off and fight on his own. I give it a solid one and a half. It's enjoyable kind of tripe at points but that's a comic book for you sometimes nerd uh i started season four of the dragon prince um i absolutely just loved the first three seasons i'm having a, a little bit of an adjustment to season four because there's a two-year gap story-wise so it was trying to remember what happened in season three because it's been like a year since it's been like a couple of years since I watched it. Well, they didn't and have then... the uh, skip recap thing where you can watch a recap. I I love those on streaming things where it's like, oh, I haven't watched in a while. Let me check the recap. Oh, cool. I remember now. And if you've been there... watching it all the time, you can click skip. It has like. Uh... Was... I don't remember there was like a small recap and then it started and it goes two years later and then what's going on all right let's go um it's still fantastic the animation style gorgeous the world amazing um i love all the different kinds of elves that they have in there like star elves sky elves moon elves sunfire elves like earth elves and the grand realms in there 
Yeah. Um, and the fact that dragons play such a prominent role in the world, but each of them has a, like, such a strong character. Like, each dragon has its own very distinct personality and all this sort of stuff. They they are named. They're not just a type of dragon. No, no, no. It's They are a character themselves. And... I, I'm enjoying seeing the development of the characters from previous seasons and seeing where they are now, quote-unquote, two years later. Um, and I, I look forward to trying to binge this in the next week before I lose <laughs> Netflix. Because <laughs> we canceled our Netflix. So um, I still give it zero, zero space surveys. It, it was a good week of watching. Awesome. Yeah. Janta? Um, I'm gonna go with this. this. Is gonna be my last one. I did watch Masters of the Air. It's still good. Uh, but I did watch uh, Marbles, which is on Disney Plus right now. Uh, came out like Thursday or Friday or whatever. And um, it does have an after credit scene, uh, which is important because it's gonna go with things that are going on. Um, this was a fun movie. It was really fun. I still think you should watch Miss Marvel first before you watch this because you'll you'll get the feel for the character. Um, it's on my in, list to Miss Marvel into that at some yeah, point. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, it's still good. You should watch Miss Marvel because you get the character of everything that's going on. Yeah, Kamala. Yeah, Kamala's uh, attitude and the way she is and everything, and you shouldn't miss it. The first 30 minutes is fucking amazingly good fun. I'd say the first 45 minutes of the show is just good, solid, fun, action bullshit. And it's not, they don't, there's not like this huge plot story thing going on. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of things are happening. And it was a lot of fun and really cool. Um, there was a slow part uh, in there and a little bit of cringe. Uh, at, a, at a couple of scenes, but it wasn't like it was detracting the entire thing. Um, the ending was kind of predictable. You you could see it, but it wasn't bad. I was uh, told the villain's kind of meh. The villain is kind of meh, but it even is the villain. Yeah, that, and that that's the key right there. You don't even know who the villain is or or why because it's the whole Marvel you Marvels. You know, of them finding this one person and trying to find them what they need to. And it just, she was just kind of, eh. Like, I don't have a problem with that because, honestly, I think modern cinema has gotten too much into the villains being super important. No, the heroes are important. Yeah. But, I mean, the characters, the Marvels, were great. The cat was amazing. Uh, Goose. Goose was amazing. Just because they couldn't name him Chewy because that would have, well, technically they could now. Yeah, they could now. Because in the comics, he was Chewy. Oh, was he? Best co-pilot. Yeah. And then um, Samuel Jackson was fine as Nick Fury. Everything was good. I mean, this was not a bad Marvel movie. It, Which is it, funny because one of the reviewers I saw like put it as like their seventh or eighth worst movie of the year. No. Oh, okay. I don't know by year, but definitely not, not a worst Marvel movie. I mean, we do have, you know, the original Deadpool <laughs> in uh, in the Wolverine movie or whatever it was. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> those aren't Marvel movies. So yeah. those are Fox movies. Those don't count. Yeah, but no, I thought it was a lot of fun. I actually want to want to go watch it again because it looked really neat and really interesting. 
Um, I think I'm going to watch it again just to get some cool, interesting things. Um, Is it better than the Iron Fist series? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. John is sad because Iron Fist is one of John's favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the character's great. It has some good lines in it. Uh, I think Kamala uh, steals the scene in the entire series. Um, there are two after credit scenes, I apologize. And one's not really after credit. The movie ends. It kind of goes black and then gives, you know, uh, an after credit scene, which is really good, which is poignant to what how the Marvel Universe is coming. And then another scene after that that really hits it. And there's a reoccurring character that comes back that I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. That was good uh, oh. type thing. So uh, overall, I give it like one and a half, maybe pushing a two, but that would be super, super picky if I did that. Uh, because there were, there were a few scenes and parts of the movie that was like, yawn. Okay. Yeah. But then the chemistry of all them working together was really good. Nice. So other than that, uh, nerd, you got anything, John, you got anything? I got nothing else. I will stretch my nope. as long as I could. <laughs> Well, guys, that'll I'm be, be it. The mo- uh, next week, I'll have the Monarch finale to finally I hope to have all of uh, season two of Stranger Worlds done, but uh, I wanted to watch more than just the one episode this week, and that shit didn't happen. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it, guys. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Um... Keep an eye out. We're going to be changing up some of our streaming schedules a bit. Uh, Nerd's thinking about moving to Monday. I'm probably going to be doing a Wednesday uh, type streaming. Mine will be at night. Uh, I'm going to be working on models or playing, you know, Final Fantasy. It just depends on how things go. Um, other than that, uh, if you have any questions or anything comes up, you want us to review some products, let us know. We will try to hook you up. Um, stick around for the new outro. We're going to send you off to Falling Freely. They're doing some art on their channel, and we'll uh, send you off to them. But as usual, please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. If you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. If you can do something, do it. And if you can't, find somebody that will. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. Good night. Thanks for listening to More Than Dice, making the world a better, nerdier place, one dumb joke at a time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more nerdy action or to connect with your hosts, check them out on Facebook.com slash More Than Dice and Twitch.tv slash More underscore Than underscore Dice. Until next time, stay nerdy, stay proud, and we'll see you soon on the More Than Dice podcast. Huh.